Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan, and I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody, how are you doing today? Hello, Paul. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Actually doing fantastic. Um, this podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they're related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Today's topic that we're going to discuss is automobiles, buy versus lease. This is a topic that I struggle with, and at the end of this podcast, Jody, quite frankly, I'm not sure if we're going to have a good recommendation or not, Um, because I think this one kind of splits between the mind and the heart in a weird way, and I think we'll get into that as we go through the podcast. Yeah, Um, I completely agree. I'm I'm not sure that we're. I I'm I'm gonna. I think I know where we're gonna end up, but we'll save it and see if we end actually end up there. (laughs) Oh, very cool, very cool, very cool. Uh, For me. Uh, my current situation or my past situations have been, I got my first car at 16, paid cash. Beautiful car, loved it. I had so much fun with it. I, I wound up getting into a bad accident with it. Uh, I was okay, the car was not. Um, had no money, <laughs> had to go get another car. And my second car was a lease. I, I leased a truck that I kept for five-year lease and then I bought it outright. And I kept it forever. Um, I think the dollar cost average per month, I probably got down to maybe 75 bucks a month on that thing. And we'll go into that a little bit later. But I think the cost to own that car wound up being you know, less than $100 a month at the end because I kept it for like 15 years. It was just one of those cars. It kept going and I kept it maintenanced. And luckily, my brother who's in that business, he would help me keep it uh, maintained and, and do various repairs as needful. I think I had an advantage there, so maybe my numbers are skewed because I had the advantage of not having to take it to a mechanic every time it had a problem. So, but for me, knock wood, the car lasted a long time. Um, and then I had an issue where I was driving to the city with my son. He was three years old, and the car started bucking on me in New York City on the West Side Highway. And my heart was in my throat as I'm choking down the street trying to get this car down to a holiday party at my old job, uh, the kids party. I pull it into the parking garage. I jump out of the car and I see the guys take it up the, the ramp and I could see it stall out again. <laughs> and I just kind of ran with my son. I figured I'll take care of it later. I don't even ask. I don't want to ask. We went to the party. We got back down. They brought the car down to me and it ran fine on the way home. But from that point on, I decided I got to get another car. We have a, a newborn baby. And so once again, my heart kicked in. Right? Not exactly my head, but my heart. And the car was probably okay, but I figured, you know, we have to get one decent car in the house. Me and my wife had both had old cars, old paid-for cars, right? Sub $5,000 worth cars. And we wound up, I wound up leasing a car, then another car, then another car. And then my last car that I leased, I wound up buying outright. I got tired of the leasing cycle. I found for me that it was great up front, but then that monthly payment kept kicking in. And over the years, it kept getting higher and higher. I was with the same car line. So finally, I decided, you know what? I'm going to buy this car. And I was thankful and grateful that I had the money and I bought the car out. And I've had it for the last several years. Recently, as a timely uh, coincidence, the car gave me an issue. And it's out of warranty. It's literally a week out of warranty. And it gave me an issue. 
So I'm saying to myself, is that a sign that's that it, I have that's to? It happens, you know. That's exactly when it happens. Right after that period is up. It was <laughs> literally. I, I want to say five days. Real, really, Jody. It was three days. It was three days. I had an issue, yeah. and and I I had it fixed, and it it's it's fine. But now I'm rethinking. What do I do next? Do I buy or do I lease? So my wife had a similar situation. Her old car, she got stuck by Yankee Stadium in the Bronx on the side of the road. And we bought her a Subaru, brand new at the time. So we've taken different journeys in the house in terms of cars. My wife's car, we financed and bought and we paid it off quickly. And she still has it. It's close to 100,000 miles. We've started to put money into it. It seems like every time the car breaks, it's a thousand bucks. Whether it's an exhaust, new tires, whatever it is, we wind up paying a decent chunk of money, but it's infrequent. When I look at the big picture, at the time, it's very emotional. Once again, with my heart versus my head. But if I sit down with a piece of paper and I say, okay, I paid X amount for the car and over the past five, six, seven years, I've paid, you know, this much in maintenance. What is the monthly average cost of that car? And I guarantee it's much cheaper than leasing. But once again, if that car gives me a significant issue, I'll probably jump back into the leasing cycle. So I spoke a lot here, Jody, as you can see, I'm all over the place and we'll get into the topics. But what is your current situation when it comes to cars? And what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I've had similar experiences. You know, I've bought cars, I've leased cars uh, over the years in the last, you know, 30 years that I've that I've been driving. And I guess I got to put a, a big disclaimer up in front of everything that I'm about to say, which is that I'm not a car guy. I see abs. I don't get excited about cars. I see no value in expensive cars. Some people do. And if you are one of those people that sees value in a car, you place emphasis on the thing that you drive, then some of what I'm about to say is not going to apply to you. Um, you know, to me, a Honda and a Maserati are the same car. It doesn't matter. Really, the only significant difference is what color it is. Um, it's four wheels, it's an engine, and how it, how it gets me from point A to point B. Well, and, and that's it. That's I, how I see cars. Well, I've got a temporary interrupt you because that's so funny you say that. I am probably not the opposite, but my, my stance is my wife is definitely like you. Um, she sees her car as a car right? Whether it's a Subaru or a Toyota or Mercedes or a Jaguar, it's a car. Get you from point A to point B. I'm a little different. I definitely love my cars. I like my cars. I'm not a car nut. I don't think I'm car obsessed, but it's funny. My daughter will make fun of me that my car is my third child, which I don't think I'm that way, but she seems to think that. Um, and so I had to interrupt you for a second because that will show us the dynamic, just like the macro versus micro. We always have the we always play well against each other or pay, play off of each other, Jody. But I probably am more of a car guy, not a car nut, but I am more of a car guy than you probably are. Um, yeah. So go ahead. I'll let you continue with the conversation. I was just interjecting just to let everyone know where our heads are at when it comes to cars. No, and that's a good segue because that is an indication of the personality that you will bring to your car buying, car maintenance um, equation. You know, because I'm not a car guy, I have no interest in lifting the hood. I have no interest in replacing filters and, uh, and other things, maintaining the car. So my inclination to purchase a car and to keep it up is near zero, right? So that's why I pivot more towards 
at this point in my life towards leasing, having done both and having um, in, including the financial end of it, the maintenance end of it, the everything end of it. I, I have no interest in maintaining the car. Therefore, I am just going to factor in my, my focus on a car is how little a problem it gives me. I want to get in it, drive it and get out of it. And that's it. I'll put gas in it once a week, make sure the wiper fluid is in there so I can see. And that's about it. <laughs> um, you know, I've owned a handful of cars in the last 30 years. My very first car was a 1984 Buick Century. You talk about a hot car for an 18-year-old. That is definitely <laughs> not, not what you call a hot car for an 18-year-old. It was a hand-me-down. But it's funny. I wanted that older car. It was a car that was being you know, offloaded by a family member of mine. And I had this very practical approach even at 18 years old. I thought I was going to get into a bunch of accidents as a new driver. And so I said, give me, give me a handy, hand-me-down that I can bang up uh, you know, for the first couple of years I'm driving. And, you know, because if it gets in a bad accident, who cares? Um, if I had, you know, something that was nicer or newer, I would probably feel worse about it. So um, since that time, I've owned cars. I've leased cars. Um, the very second car that I had, Paul, similar to yours, was a lease that I bought out. Um, and I remember buying it out because it was um, I had run it up. I, w I was uh, I had a job where I was driving a lot. And I had run it up in three years, I think, to 85,000 miles or something like that. It was just crazy. So um, so I bought that one out. I drove that around until I literally drove it into the ground. And I donated it with a donut on it um, and a busted off side view mirror. Um, but I've reached the conclusion that I prefer to lease cars for all of these reasons. Um, and I lease because I prefer to not put time and money into maintaining the vehicle. I don't have any interest in doing it. So... I lease the car, I put gas and oil in it, I drive it, every three years I turn it over, I get a new car. Um, buying may be, and there, there's plenty of topics on this and plenty of discussion on this about buying, how buying is less expensive than leasing. Um, and that may be true, and you gotta run the numbers for yourself, but the downside is that when that, purchase, that bought car goes bad, and it'll always go bad, you need the money to replace the car. And if you haven't done the work of saving up the money over the course of driving that free car, so to speak, that you're not paying for, if you don't have that money sitting in an account when that car goes bad, you're out of luck. Um, and so, so you need to you need to factor that into your car maintenance program, your financial car maintenance program over time. Um, so I come down on the side of leasing right now. Um, I'm leasing a car that you know, like it's it's a it's, a, it's the cheapest car that I could find and quite frankly it's one of the nicer cars I've ever driven because again I don't place a whole lot of emphasis on the type of car that I drive but that's just me yep no that takes me back it's so funny maybe it's going to turn into a psychological episode but 1984 I had a 1984 Monte Carlo that was my first car and I grew up with a family who was into cars and and my father was a parts manager at a Chevy dealer all his career so we were always in cars. My father had demo cars he used to bring home. So we always had different cars every few months that he would get as a manager at the dealer. And when I got my car, uh, we went crazy. My father, we, 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 we bought the car and then it needed this, it needed that. And I bought all the parts and we had to get pinstripes done. So I was the opposite of your 84 Buick Century. My 84 Monte Carlo was... Um, 
it was it was my dream it was really my dream car when it was done i didn't realize it was but it was such a great car and i remember taking it to high school and that's probably a whole other podcast but that's just in short i came from a car family my brother's in the car business he's a he's a um, a certified master certified mechanic my father was in the parts parts business and and at the dealer so i always was around cars so maybe that's why i have more of affinity to cars i think that I'm in the middle. I used to be obsessive keeping them clean and all these different pieces. But now I, I do use it more as a as a vehicle, right? As a point A to point B with a little bit of still liking to have like the nicer car. But that's, you know, hopefully that trend will continue. But right now, um, I think that my, my lean is for my next car is I'll probably jump back into the leasing cycle just because, like I said, I had this scare with the current car and I think that I might have to go for more and more money into this car in order to maintain it. So it really does get crazy. But if you look at the numbers and you really run the numbers, and this is where the head comes into play more than the heart, my heart is telling me, you know what, this car's getting old. I should probably lease a new car, right? But my if I really look at the numbers and I use my head and I look at the numbers, realistically, the cost per month of the car I own now, I'm better off keeping it as long as I can. And you said something very important before, and everyone says the same thing. I'm going to run that car into the ground. And when you run the car into the ground, that's when you get the most value out of that purchase overall. But like you said, then you have to deal with the hassle of the repairs, the occasional breakdowns, the the different things that come up with it. It doesn't pass inspection. So you need new brakes and you have to come up with that 1200 bucks or whatever that is, or $800 for new brakes. So I agree with you, and I also agree with the with the money in terms of having the accrual. So you need to have some sort of an accrual. So if you're in a car now and you're not paying for a car, you really should be putting money aside because eventually you're going to have to pay for a car. So I think that's an imp- important point. So those were all great uh, discussion and, and good, good observations, Jody. Um, so we talked about the buy versus lease. You're through the leasing side. I'm still, cu- I'm still in the middle, buy versus lease. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. CPO, certified pre-owned. What is your thoughts on CPO, on, on certified pre-owned cars, as opposed to buying brand new cars? Uh, well, here, here's where the I'm not a car guy thing kinks in. Um, to me, it doesn't matter what car you have in the driveway. What matters is, does it fit your budget? Um, and so, um, obviously, you have to be driving a car that's safe. Obviously, you have to be driving a car that is in good repair, and you have to spend the money and the time to keep it in good repair. Um, but for me, the car that's in the driveway is simply the method that I use to get to wherever I need to get to. And, and, and right now I've got a, a car that fits my financial situation um, and it's reliable and it's actually pretty nice. You've heard me say I actually really like the car that I drive right now, but it is super cheap. Um, and I put oil and gas in it and make sure the wiper fluid is topped off and I'm good. So. I'll leave it to you on CPO. Yeah, I, I think I have an interesting story around that. And that is a friend of mine. He used to drive for um, a gentleman. And I'm not going to say any names. But he was a very, very, came from a very wealthy family. And the company, um, and I think you're familiar with them, Jody. Um, it's a family in New York City. They own a lot of real estate. And their rule of thumb for the whole family was never buy a new car. Always buy uh, a CPO or a used car. And the idea was let some other sucker take the depreciation hit on a new car. And I'm talking 
wealth beyond comprehension, and they would not buy new cars in that family. The whole family, from the really? grandfather all the, the way down. I know down. this guy. I know this guy. Why don't I, why don't I know, know this guy? <laughs> oh, he, it's so does funny. He need a best, does he need a best friend? Oh, well, I'm telling you, it, it really is crazy, but that was the truth. They would never buy new cars. They would always buy certified pre-owned because the idea was let someone else take that depreci depreciation hit. I'd rather buy a car with 5,000 miles on it, pay a lot less, get all the warranties, get all the niceties, get all the perfect conditions because 5,000 miles on a car is nothing, right, at the beginning. If you're running cars for 60, 70, 80, 100,000 miles, let some other sucker take the depreciation hit and you get the benefits of the warranty and you get the car much cheaper, like a one-year or two-year-old certified pre-owned vehicle. So that's something that I've looked at and I'll continue to look at on my next car. That's something I may do um, is buy a CPO. But once again, you can't lease a CPO car, a certified pre-owned. You have to buy them. So it's financing versus lease again. So I think there's a certain peace of mind you get with leasing. And I think you indicated at the beginning. You pick it up, you drive it for a certain amount of miles, you turn it back in, you get another lease, right? The one thing that I've seen people get in trouble with with leasing is uh, damage. They, they wreck the wheels. They, they have dings and dents. You're responsible for all those pieces when you turn in the car. Um, over mileage is another one, right? If you're a slight, slated, slated to have 8,000 miles a year or 10,000 miles a year or 12,000 miles a year, you are going to have to make sure that you're staying under those miles because every mile over that limit, you're paying a severe penalty on those additional miles, right? So these are the kind of things you have to keep in mind with leasing. But if you like the fact that you have the peace of mind, once again, with your heart, thinking with your heart, which is not a bad thing, you just lease the vehicles, right? And even though it's the most expensive way to own the vehicle, that is okay if that's the way you want to operate the vehicle. And I think you said something up front, Jody, which is very important. Sometimes you don't have the money to buy the new newer vehicle. And this is where some of the other financial experts will come down hard and say, well, you don't need a new car. You could buy a $2,000 car. You could buy a jalopy and drive it around. Not really, in my mind. If you have family and you're driving your kids around, once again, I'm thinking with my heart, you don't want a piece of junk. You don't want to put your spouse in a piece of junk driving your kids around in a piece of junk. You, you definitely want something that's safe. You want something that's affordable. But if you can't afford to lay out that kind of cash, to buy a decent used car, leasing might be the way to go. So now I'm probably breaking every financial rule. And if we had a bigger podcast audience, they'd probably blow us up right now, right? Because we're talking about leasing versus purchasing. But what are your what are your thoughts, Jody? I know I said a lot there, but maybe you could jump in and kind of get me bring me back down to earth here with some of my rants that I just said. <laughs> well, you know, just jumping in on the on the on the beater car concept, you know, and and that makes sense. Um, with certain caveats. Um, first, I drove a beater car um, in, uh, for a number of years. Um, it was the train car, right? And and we live like two miles from the train station. So it was two miles one way, two miles, it's four miles a day, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's all it did. A beater car made sense for that commute, right? It was, I bought it outright um, and, and there were no payments. And let's be clear, when we're talking about buying a car, we're talking about buying a car outright. We're not talking about buying a car and having a, a bank loan payment. We're talking about buying the car with cash done over, and there are no payments on the car. Uh, but I, I drove that beater car back and forth, 
I think it was for like, I bought it used and it was for like, I drove it for like nine years. Um, and I'll rewind the clock on that story a little bit. I bought that car after um, we were driving a leased car, my wife and I, before the kids were born, my wife was pregnant. Um, you know, round trip to see family one day, a mile from home, got into a horrific accident, front end of the car off, every, every airbag blows, the whole deal. Um, everybody was fine, and our son is 10 years old now, so everybody, everybody turned out just fine. Um, but that car was trashed, and I needed a new car. And I had some money in the bank, and I took that money, and I went out, and I went car shopping. And I had the best time I've ever had car shopping. I walked into the dealership. I said, hi, I have $5,000. I need a car today. What do you have? First guy said, well, I said, no, let's start again. Hi, I have $5,000. I need a car today. What do you have? The first guy who showed me the car that he would sell me for $5,000, I bought that car. <laughs> and I drove that car for five years because I have no, like, again, I have no interest in cars. Don't try to upsell me on cars. I have no interest in cars. And I have a blast when I go into the car dealership with my wife to shop for a car because she goes through all the features with the, with the guy and she says, oh, I want this and I want that and the safety and the thing. And, and he tries to mansplain everything to her about how she needs to take care of her children and everything else. And then after she's got to the point where she understands the features in each type of car she wants and she kind of made up her mind about the car she wants, she looks at me, she goes, okay, go ahead. And I look at the guy and I say, hi, this number sucks. This number needs to be zero. You're going to put me in a car for this much or we walk. And the guys always stare at me like I'm out of my mind. <laughs> and I just wait and I smile. And they either do it or they don't. And then we either walk out and go to the next place, or we walk out with a car. Um, it's a blast. It's an absolute blast. Now that that is funny. And there are and there are and there are car dealers. And I don't say that to bang on car dealers because I've had a couple of experiences with car dealers who go, "Okay, you got it, no problem." And and they and they say, "Well, we can do this and this and this." And they bring their number down, and I bring my number slightly up. We meet in the middle, and it's all good, right? Those are the smart car dealers. Um, and, Others are like, whoa, I can't do that. And I'm like, okay, great. Have a good day. Um, and we're out. Anyway, very long story to talk about beater cars. I drove a beater car for nine years back and forth. If you're driving a beater car, you know, 30, 40, 50 miles round trip every day, eh, a beater car not, might not be a bad idea because you're going to have all those maintenance issues that you have with any car. And even if you're not paying a monthly payment for that car, you're still going to have to pay maintenance on that car. And depending on what goes... You know, if you don't know how to do your brakes for, you know, 75 bucks and brakes are cheap if you know how to buy them and fix them yourself. I've done it myself with my father-in-law. Um, if you don't know how to fix your brakes yourself, you're going to pay $500 for your brakes. If you know how to fix your brakes for yourself, you're going to pay $75 for your brakes. Um, but those things happen as well. So operating a car is an expensive deal. So that's why I always approach it from make sure you can operate the car completely within the, the constraints of your budget. And if that means leasing a car, because that's actually the cheaper way to go, then I think you should do that. That's the, that's the place that we've arrived at. Um, we lease both of our cars because it actually ends up being cheaper over the long haul for us. Um, we also leased cars when we had babies, and even you know now with a 10 and a seven year old, um, because kids wreck cars. Have you looked in the back seat of your car lately? Holy crap! Well, well, that's What's where. What's back there? Well, that's. Oh my god! 
I do not want that car. I want to give that car back. <laughs> well, that's where we differ because because my wife's car is exactly what you said. My car, that doesn't happen in my car. And it's funny. I had someone looking. I opened my trunk uh, to put something in the in, in there with my with some friends, and they looked. They're like, "You don't keep anything in your trunk." I'm like, "No, who keeps anything in their trunk?" Like, I'm I'm that guy, right? I'm that guy who <laughs> who is like somewhat obsessed. I keep a bo- a spray bottle of water in my garage so when i get home if there's any bird poop on the car i i towel it down and wipe it off so it doesn't crust on the car i mean that's i that's where i am with in my head with cars so i don't think once again i'll say i'm not obsessed but i guess it's relative right but i'm not obsessed with the car i'm not constantly polishing it or anything like that but i do like to take care of it right so i'm very careful in terms of whether it's the the maintenance on it the paint on it i try to take care of the car so it, you know, so it, so it takes care of me, so to speak, right? But one of the things that you touched upon was pricing. That's an interesting one. When we bought my wife's car, I looked on the web, did all my web research. I came up with a number in mind, went to the dealer. We, we came close to that number, uh, which, was, which was interesting because I think I have a couple of friends that are in the car business. Like I said, I have a family member in the car business. My understanding is 80% of the of any dealer's revenue is typically coming from certified pre-owned service and parts that's where it's coming from new car sales eh, because it's all relative now right everything has been uh, very i guess what's the word i'm looking for commoditized or it's been very standardized so if you're going to buy a toyota prius and you go online you're going to see what that car is going for across a number of dealers Average cost in your area. Who got the best deal? You, you, everyone knows that the book is open. Ten years ago, I think it was tougher. Now, with the internet, I think it's easier to get a decent price. I'm probably not the best negotiator. I probably get a decent price. I don't get the best price, but I probably get a decent price when I go to buy something like a, like a vehicle. Because if I'm well-informed as a consumer, which is another big thing to do, whether you're leasing or buying, be well-informed. Do your research. See what leases are going for. See what sales are going for those are important things that you want to cover when you're going oh, through you know and and if, and if you're not a good negotiator bring somebody with you who is yeah yeah that, that's another that's another good point bring bring, a, bring some, someone bring someone with you anyway right don't go by yourself absolutely absolutely that's definitely something that you want to keep in mind whether you're buying a used car new car just something to keep in mind um, the other thing to keep in mind if you're going to hold the car and you're going to keep it and run it into the ground find a good mechanic Find a fair mechanic. If you can't do the work yourself, find someone who's good and fair that will take care of you, that you trust, that you can bring the car to if there's an issue. Uh, we have a good mechanic that we bring the Subaru to, and we have no issue with him. We think he's always been pretty fair. And when I say fair, some of the prices we get are could be considered high, but you also have to take into account that the mechanic is, is is working for a living too. So those of you out there that want to get the cheapest rate possible on some of this stuff, it's probably not the best, right? Because you have to think the mechanic has to eat as well. So you have to be fair as you're looking at these prices, right? And I think he does a great job at a fair price. And that's what I like about getting a decent mechanic. So... I guess one, one more thing I wanted to talk about was extended warranties. Do you go for the extended warranty, Jody, when you're buying the new vehicle or leasing never, it? Never, 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 
that's a profit center as far as I'm concerned. That's a profit center for the, 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 the dealer. Um, there's, there's no benefit to it because there's a list of things. It, it, again, my opinion is a list of things that aren't covered by the extended warranty, like everything. So you're paying, you're paying for the car. Um, I, but I, but I don't do extended warranties on any, I don't do it on electronics. I don't do it on, I think maybe we do it on home appliances because home appliances break, but, um, um, but cars, no. Yeah, I, I've done it on cars and it's paid off for me. <laughs> no, now everyone's Go sitting there going, oh my God, these guys are all over the place this week, but they're not even in agreement on anything. But no, I, I think that overall, um, extended warranties could have a place. At least that's my opinion, but this is one of those things we could probably argue back and forth with, Jody. But it's at the end of the day, I, I think you have to do what's comfortable. Um, if you're yeah, leasing and, the car, well, you probably don't some, even have to worry about cool. the extended warranty. Here's something cool. Why don't why don't we ask people to to write in and let us know their experiences with extended warranties? Because um, a, as much as I sound like I've made up my mind, I'm I'm always open to other people's stories and you know facts changing my opinion. Ooh, there's a refreshing concept. Um, so so let us know. Have you had an experience with extended warranties and and what has it been and and how has it saved you? Yeah, that sounds great. We should yeah. So those of you out there listening, please please post those to the Facebook page. Put a little post up there. Let us know. We could take a look at that. Um, I think that, you know, for me, um, I'm going to kind of do a summary recap here, right? So for me, I don't, I think the gist of the conversation today was, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. I think, like you said, Jody, I think you put it best. You have to do what's best for you and your family with your current financial situation. And you have to take that all into account. And then you make a decision whether you're going to buy, lease, and if you're going to buy, you're going to buy brand new, CPO with brand. But I think you hit the most important point. You have to buy or lease within your budget. That's the most important piece. If you're making $20,000 a year, which there's nothing wrong with making $20,000 a year, I don't think that leasing an $800 BMW per month fits your budget. Unless you're living in it, I guess, right? But I think that <laughs> there really are no right or wrong answers other than buy within your budget. Right? I think that's the most um, biggest piece of advice we could give to people. And if you have and you have the money to buy and buy something expensive and you want to treat yourself, that, there's nothing wrong. You get that as you know, you go and do that. Um, so I think that's the biggest takeaway today is I think that we went through a number of different scenarios, a number of different stories. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's right for you and your family. And it's a little bit of a combination of your heart and your mind to come up with that proper solution for you to, you know, buy or lease a car. So Jody, I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, I agree with all that, Paul. I mean, th this is another one of those uh, topics like our, our uh, grocery pod, uh, a grocery uh, purchasing podcast. Um, it's, it's the thing you spend money on month in month, you, or you can spend money on month in, month out. Um, but it's also something where it has these unexpected things that pops up in terms of maintenance and the car not, you know, wake up and the car's not working. You're going to have to pour money into it. it it's like a hole. Um, so, so buy within your means, um, schedule and budget within your means, uh, and make sure that you have something that is reliable, both um, from a mechanical point of view and from a financial point of view. Perfect. Well said. Uh, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, 
please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everyone. Be well and thank you. Thank <laughs> you.